it's not readily apparent what Kai's specialty is when you first enter her lab. Uh, it's a rectangular room, uh, six meters in length and four in width, with a half dozen different consoles and open projects. Uh, in one corner, we see a zoomed-in hologram of what looks like a small microscopic robot, a Borg nanoprobe. Next to it is a half-read file and display of several marine animal skeletons. Against the back wall, just below the room's sole window, is a large holographic display of the transwarp conduit Endeavor is making with real-time data scrolling up the sides. The adjacent wall on the far side from the door has a large screen mounted on the wall, displaying a, displaying a stellar map, the Maelstrom and Federation space clearly marked. And directly below it is a large black desk covered with a mix of bottle chemicals and secure racks, tools, spices, and bags of food stuff in what you're pretty sure is a hot plate. The remaining wall is dominated by a series of consoles and a comfortable-looking chair with a forgotten and coffee-stained uniform jacket draped over the back. And that's where we find Kai as where uh, our camera is zooming down, where she is playing around with a, another holographic display. This one is showing one of Endeavor's many shuttles, where she is playing around with some schematics on it, trying to see what the feasibility would be of uh, installing one of those chronoton protection fields on a shuttle for maybe a subsequent test to see what went wrong. It's kind of the sort that's probably just been on duty the whole time and working on this. I don't think so. I think um, after leaving the ship, uh, when she went off duty, she did take the time to like, go back to her quarters, eat some food, um, and then I think she got this idea and then came here to pick back up working in the middle of the night. If you're stuck on a problem, do something else and come back to it. How about you go ahead and give me like a reason engineering then? Uh, what's my difficulty? I'm going to say that the difficulty on this is three. Uh, you currently do not have any momentum. There's 10 threat in the pool. Jesus Christ. Sure, I'll go ahead and give Brandon a threat. What's the worst I can have? <laughs> Would the focus of modeling and design apply yes. here? Well, that was a terrible roll. So it was reason and engineering? Yep. Though if you want to argue for something different, I'll, I'll take it. No, no, I'll take it because it means I'm going to narrowly pass by the skin of my teeth because um, I rolled a three which falls under her engineering discipline of four. So two successes there. And I got a 15 and her reason and engineering together is a 16. And then I rolled a 17 for my third die. Cool. So you got three successes. Perhaps as we pan across the holographic console that Kai is currently working on, we see like a lot of status bars or something next to this, this holographic dis display of a shuttle fluctuating as Kai runs a simulation or something like that. And everything stays just just in the green with this somewhat makeshift modification to the shuttle's systems. Uh, as she's looking at that, Kai is going to say, Computer, activate the interactive database assistant hologram. And then shimmering into view behind her, is an irritated-looking, short, red-haired Bajoran woman wearing slacks, a blouse, and a lab coat. Ida, 
Can you run a few simulations and see if we can boost some extra power to the nacelles of a shuttle? The warp field's a little on the edge. I need to get it a few more percentage points higher before I think Verity will approve of this plan. I can crunch the numbers, but I don't think I need to tell you that this is a little outside of safety regulations. Well, sometimes you have to take some risks in Starfleet. As long as they're your memory engrams and not mine. Not to worry, I don't think you'll be selected for that particular mission. Now, that is unless you have a better idea on how to deal with this chronoton problem. No, as usual, you are the visionary. Just run the simulations. I just want to go through every possible option here. Because if we can't figure out a way that other ships can travel safely through the corridor, this mission's going to be over before it started. Simulations you want will be, I don't know, give me two hours? I can do that. I should probably take another break anyway. What time is it? 2137. Are you going to stare at me for the entire two hours? Sorry, I was just thinking back on the nanopro problem. One problem at a time. And Kai will, will stand up and will forget to turn Ida off as she leaves. As the lab's door closes behind Kai, Ida looks around, shrugs like this has happened before, and sits down at Kai's desk to pass the time. Welcome to Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. We are a Star Trek Adventures actual play following the deep space mission of the USS Endeavor as it charts a new region of space several decades after the events of Star Trek Picard. I'm Brandon, your GM for this mission. This is Nicole, and I'll be playing Captain Varel. I'm Brad, and I play Commander Razum Mozafar. Hi everybody, I'm Christine, and I will be playing Lieutenant Kai. My name's Leah, and I'm playing Ensign Katarina Everly. Ganymede, Part 3. So we now open on the captain's mess in the little room off to the side where all of Captain Varel's distillery equipment is. Several big, like, vats of probably Romulan ale of some kind or, or whatever. I don't pretend to know how that works. In the room, Ensign Everly is crouching, I think, in front of an open Jeffrey's tube, blocking the escape of a small sort of crystalline creature 
Its body is kind of gym-like. It has four little legs and a couple sort of pincer arms. And it's currently holding its little pincers over its head in sort of a, like, don't hurt me gesture, as Everly had just blocked its escape back into the ship's Jeffrey's tubes. In the captain's mess proper, through the door, the uh, captain's packlid yeoman is just kind of like, still watching what's going on here. Now, Leah, you had called for a security team, so Tarek is sending security officers to come help. I believe I asked for a a cage of some sort. (laughs) Some sort of container. Would you notify anybody else? Uh, I.e. the captain, maybe? Since it is her mess. That's fair. I'd like to get this little thing chill and in a box first before I call her down to a potentially escalating situation. I want to have this on lock. You've just gotten off the comms with, with Tarek who said he would send a security team down with a cage. So they're on their way, but this little thing looks kind of freaked out in in so much as you can tell the emotional state of a small crystalline creature. And, uh, and when I say small, it's like three ish feet tall. It's not like, it's not like a teeny. Can you put that in like dog or cat terms and not feet terms? It is like a, uh, hmm. Sheba. No, it's bigger than a Sheba. Like a like a golden retriever, like a husky, like a Bernese mountain. It's dog. smaller than a husky. It's maybe like about the size of like an Australian shepherd, I think, because they're oh, they're kind of okay. mid range, right? Yeah. Because I'm like I feel like it's not quite to like Labrador or golden retriever size, but it's not as teeny as a as a Sheba. Okay, definitely bigger than I was envisioning though, so that's good to see. Yeah, that's the same. You're like three feet, and I was like, that's the shallow end of a pool. I'm not sure. <laughs> So waiting for security folks to come down. Oh, it looks a little freaked out. Can I, as an empath, can I sense anything from this little creature? Yeah. So while the while the emotions you're feeling are strange, it doesn't it doesn't feel the same as when like a humanoid species is freaked out. It's still somewhat recognizable. Certainly with the added bonus of having its body language to to inform. You you sense. Mainly fear, edging on panic, you think? Okay. So what I'm going to do while while making sure that like I'm as open as possible to receiving whatever this thing's putting out in terms of emotions, I'm going to sort of crouch a little bit. Like I was already crouched, but like I'm going to try to to back off like you do with a scared animal and just sort of like, "Hey, no, no. It's it's okay. Everything is fine." We're here together. It's totally chill. This is not a fun place for you. I'm sure it's too small. We're gonna, we're gonna find you somewhere else to hang out. It's okay. We're fine. And like, just a lot of like, seeing if this thing is like maybe being a little less freaked out. Give me a presence command. The difficulty on this would normally be, would normally be a three, but I'm going to bump it down to two because of the Betazoid trait to take into account your. Empathic abilities. Uh, focus come in here. Behavioral analysis? I'll take it. Cool. All right. I'm going to just... We're just going to roll two dice and see what happens. Flip. That was only one. Only one success? Yeah. So as you try to calm the alien down, it kind of... It keeps backing away from you. 
it starts to quiver more. You almost hear like this sort of resonance through its body, you know, like the the vibrating of its that that its fear is producing is making a bit of a sound through this crystalline structure and it starts to back toward the door into the captain's mess which is at least not Jeffrey's tube but you're not sure if it's going to try to just like take off at any point in time but it sure doesn't seem like it's comfortable staying where it is am I misremembering or did I flag the yeoman to block the door I believe you had flagged the yeoman to block the door yeah he will now come come around the captain's table and just kind of get himself into the door as much as possible though you can tell from his body language that like corralling strange alien life is probably not something that he's practiced a ton so this little guy's really freaked out trying to we're waiting on security oh hmm is there anywhere either in my reach or in his some sort of like i want to go with fork or tray something made out of metal yes. that's easily picked up pick upable. I would like to pick up one of those things if it's near me, and if it's near him, I'm going to ask him to pick it up. It is near you. There is uh, Nicole. What do you think might be in here, metal wise? Trays, um, cups, tools, etc. Probably a a hefty like iced tea pitcher, like one of those full bot like rounded bottom ones. With a nice curving handle. You have that. Cool. Go with me on this. I'm going to pick that up and, like, slowly move it down. And, like, this little guy's still freaked out. But, like, hey, are you hungry? And offer it the metal thing because it was nominon metal earlier. Like, maybe this will calm it down a little. A nice snack. I like this plan. This is a good plan. It pauses. You can't really tell where its eyes are if it has any but you still kind of get the impression that it's peeking out from between its little pincer arms and its body sort of like changes color a little bit to something closer to pink it's clearly considering if maybe you're on its side give me an hmm, it's probably an insight this time i'm gonna say give me an insight command again it would be three because you're this is more like trying to decipher how to appeal to it and what its needs are and stuff rather than convincing like the previous role was i'd say this would also be a three but knock one down for betazoid again because empathy and knock one down for the pitcher itself so you're looking at a an insight command of one okay can behavioral analysis still count towards this for sure you're you're definitely using the information you've already derived about its behavior from your investigation cool all right looking for a 14 or less four and a 16 so four is not less than my command but it is a success so you you waggle the pitcher at it a little bit who wants a treat it it ultimately decides oh maybe i do want that it clatters over to you and like its head which looks kind of like a pointed crystal thing like it, it opens up a mouth um and starts to nom on the edge of the pitcher and you can see that it seems to be excreting some kind of corrosive saliva for lack of a better word that is melting the metal down very quickly before your eyes although fortunately not like close to where you're holding it uh-huh and about that time you hear 
the door to the corridor wish open and a couple uh, security officers round the corner with a with a cage so i'm gonna continue to look at the the creature like all calm and chill and smiles and like hold up my hand and hopefully they can see me be like make a motion to like move slowly yep it's okay everything's great more <laughs> snacks are coming and if you get in this giant cage uh yeah and these these guys are um they're crewmen or something so you are mm-hmm. you do have rank on them so they they will pay attention to what you want them to do oh nice but you do you do want them to still move in with the cage uh i'd like them to come close to like sure put it in the doorway um and then uh i want to like maybe find another treat and like see if it will like nice and calm like sure. hey just hop in the cage <laughs> we got treats it's chill in there they're pretty able to make sense of your body language to set set up the cage at the door so that if if the creature will just go in that direction it'll maybe just kind of walk into the cage maybe one of them when when he sees your you're feeding it metal and like clearly looking for something else to feed it he like grabs a place setting off of the captain's mess table and just like dumps some utensils into the cage <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what i wanted and with a little bit of coaxing you guide the creature you know, breadcrumb style into the cage where it will now commence to eat the captain's silverware. <laughs> Happily, it seems. Well, uh, I'll just have to write a note to my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> that was his the last uh, <laughs> gift he gave me. All right, little buddy. All right, little buddy. Come on. Come in the cage, little buddy. Yeah, that's it. Come in. Come in the cage. Y- you know, Brad, you're now, you're now going to have to just be the random security guy every time that we need a random security guy. That's fine. I'll be the random security <laughs> guy. Sold. So uh, so keep keep practicing accents. You don't want them to think it's the same, <laughs> guy, the same each guy each time. <laughs> it could be the same guy. It could be the guy that like we we take many, many episodes to even give a name to. <laughs> you guide the thing into the cage and once it is like safely inside one of the security crewmen hits the button to like turn on the force field. So it's like a force field cage. So it, it, at least as far as what you've seen it be able to do, you don't think it's getting out anytime super soon, at least. It doesn't seem super okay about this, but like Vin decides to keep snacking because it still has snacks. So. Oh, good job, buddy. Look at you in your new house. Yay. And then uh, where would I take this guy? Like, I'm not throwing him in the brick. Should he go to like a, a science area? Oh no, is that something that I have to answer? You're the ranking officer on the scene. I'm going to phone a friend. <laughs> oh no, this is embarrassing. Who who would Everly call in this moment? Or she's going to call Mozafar because he was with her during the investigation. Makes sense. Everly to Commander Mozafar. Mozafar here. Commander, I've caught the creature that's been causing... Melt, melt, melting? Uh, that's been eating metal? Anyway, I got it, sir. It's in a cage. It's all great. Um, and currently we're in the captain's mess. I don't, I don't want to take it to the brig. Where, where do you think we should, where should I, sir, where would you like me to take this creature? How big is this creature, Ensign? About the size of an Australian shepherd. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Everly might have known an Australian shepherd, right? Like she grew up on Earth, so. Like a, like a medium-sized dog, sir. 
Because most of our no dogs, yes, probably he worked. He went to Starfleet. Like immediate, it's a it's a crystal, it's a crystal dog, sir. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay, it is a crystal dog. Mm-hmm. I suggest um, we put it in some a uh, a crystal dog. <laughs> I'm probably not correct on the dog part, sir. Um. um <laughs> Definitely, we need to put it in a containment facility to be able to determine whether this is going to cause any other problems on board. Say, on you say you're in the captain's mess. Have you notified the captain? Apparently, it wanted a drink. Uh, that was a joke. I apologize, sir. Uh, there's a containment uh, unit uh, just about to, two decks below you. I'm going to send you the coordinates of that. Take it to that one. We will inspect this and get some uh, xenobiologist on this right away. Yes, sir. Uh, Everly, out. And I, I tap my badge, and I'm just going to look at the security guys. I'm like, well, I guess we're going downstairs, guys. And then we're going to we'll take our little guy out. And I think the whole time I would like to make sure I like stay in its eye line so it like keep it chill inside this cage as we hover it. Walk it? I'm not sure how that I'm going works. to assume it probably hovers. So take it down there. And I, I do want a moment of... Everly definitely feels really cool about this and is really excited. And then she's going to take a moment and go, Kai is going to love this thing. We know what everybody is up to other than the captain. So, Nicole, it's, uh you know, like 945 or something. What's uh what's the captain doing? Uh I'm in my actual ready room and uh my yeoman uh his his name is Gilonrid. He he comes in and sets a like an a, a tall glass of iced tea down and I I look at it noticing that it's not the cup that I usually, you know, get. And I look up at him and then there's just that that Packlid expression that doesn't really change, and he launches into the story of. <laughs> uh, Crystal Dog ate silverware. <laughs> Hijinks ensued. Yes, all of those. The whole recap. Um, re- uh, can you refresh my memory a little bit on on the Ganymede? situation we we did recover their ship's logs what was it we learned from those Tarek finished recovering the logs because they were damaged at the point when the ganymedes stabilization field went on the fritz the security logs detected an alien vessel attaching itself to the ganymede in the conduit so I think that's that's the information I was reviewing in my ready room. And as I sort of like see the little image of or or whatever it is uh, of something attaching itself, I kind of like do a spit take on my iced tea and <laughs> stand up from my desk and then go go to the bridge and um whoever's at tactical which probably is our our It'd be Tarek still. Tarek still, since Everly's uh, off dealing with situations. So, Brad, is Mosafar still on the bridge right now? No, he's not. I was actually thinking about that, and Mosafar was on the holodeck at that point in time. He had to pause his programming he was in. We're going to try to 
narrow down what that anomalous attached thing was and see if we can find it. Tarek is already standing. Captain, I have not picked up an entire vessel, but there is a small amount of debris near the Ganymede. Does it match the same signatures? It would not account for the entirety of the vessel's mass. However, some of the composition does seem to be similar. Okay. Just for the sake of curiosity, Torek, let's do a check and see if there's anything similar to that around the Endeavor as well. If it has anything to do with the actual transwarp tunnels, maybe it's something we could have picked up as well. Yes, Captain. Torek goes to work. And then I'm going to come the... The Andorian captain, is she in sickbay right now? No, she's probably in guest quarters. She hadn't been exhibiting active symptoms of anything. Okay. Then I'm going to go give her an update on that that debris personally. Okay. Cut to Commander Inra in some guest quarters, uh, maybe reading a pad or something when the door chimes, and she says, Come in. Inra. Did you notice any anything um, breaking apart around the Ganymede when you arrived? We had a lot to deal with at the time, but we detected something coming apart. Varel's just gonna pass the uh, like the pad with what we've found over to her. What do you make of this? It looks like a ship. It does. Are you saying you didn't notice it at all? Like I said, we were a little preoccupied. The inertial dampeners gave out about 20% of the way through the conduit, so we were busy trying to avoid concussions and broken bones. We think that this ship was damaged as well. What was it doing? Do we know? I was hoping you could tell me. Lieutenant Alexander was the one who was monitoring all engineering systems. If anything would have come up, it would have been on her console, but when I checked in with the doctor a few hours ago, she was still completely out. Well... I'm sure Dr. Harcrow will notify me once Alexander is able to see others. Just let me know if... And then her eyes kind of flutter and her antenna droop. And for a moment it looks like she's kind of gotten very lightheaded all of a sudden or dizzy. As Captain Varel's watching uh, the fellow... Starfleet officer like begin to droop over. There, there's a good solid like beat, 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 and then just as she might topple over, that's finally when Verity steps forward and like will catch her. She does indeed sort of fall toward you, and you have to sort of support her weight for a moment. But then she gets her legs back under her again and seems a little more lucid. <sighs> I think that was your call to sickbay. Is that an order, Verity? Don't make me make it in order. Okay. Come on. I'll take you there. So what do we have here? So I was hoping you'd be able to know that, Lieutenant. But I really like it. So to set the scene, this room is a uh, containment room for various things that may be hazardous. So it looks brig-ish in some ways. 
though with more varied scientific equipment and ways to set the individual environments to some of the containment areas to not human standard if something's in there that needs a different kind of environment to exist. The creature is in one of these little containment areas with the hum of a force field just sort of in the background. And it's, you know, one of those Star Trek situations where just the doorway is very glowy, but you don't see the force field unless you touch it. Probably by now, the remains of a lot of the flatware are scattered on on the floor of the containment unit. But it seems to have eaten its fill for the moment and is now kind of like watching everybody who's outside. Uh, For the record, Everly has kind of forgotten the fact that she is like an ensign on a starship and is on her knees in front of the containment unit like it's a like it's like a pet store like is very interested in smiling at this creature and keeping it chill and wanting it to be her friend and and maybe has forgotten a little bit of decorum but like you hopefully everyone forgives kai definitely doesn't seem to be bothered by it at all as she's also crouched down but with a little bit more um uh, scientific curiosity attached to it where she has a tricorder in hand and is giving the the creature a at least cursory scan through the the force field if you're not talking to the crystal dog then kai most certainly is sort of reassuring it <laughs> uh you know I, I know it can't be all that comfortable inside of that cage but i promise you we'll find a more suitable place for you soon we just need to understand a little bit more of where you came from and what your needs are I think about this time is when Mozafar comes walking in because he hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah, fair. So the door opens uh, from the corridor and Mozafar walks in. You see the two of us crouch down, <laughs> staring into the cage. Actually, that's an excellent time. If Mozafar walks in, I sh- I shoot up immediately up. <laughs> so yeah, walk in. Both of you are there, and this is the first time you've seen Mozafar not in uniform. Oh, what is he wearing? He is wearing what he had on in the holodeck he came from which he has a very tight-fitting jacket that is, uh, I guess, has white and uh, white carving lines and filigree and some, like, aqua-type colors on it. It's on black. and has a white shirt that's underneath that and tight-fitting pants. It has some tails that came down and some long leather boots. So completely out of uniform. Doesn't look anything like that. And the end of his cuffs on his sleeves are uh, sort of fluffy and flared out so so i hear we have a crystal dog at ease well i'm still working on uh getting a general idea of its biology and such Uh, were you on the holodeck commander or is this what (laughs) passes for orion fashion uh yes i was on the holodeck sorry just uh practicing on no 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 it suits you very sharp sir thank you but uh yeah uh, sorry i'm just uh yeah, thank you. Um, about the, uh, it doesn't look like a dog. No, sir, I apologize. It's definitely not a dog. Well, it might be a dog in this sector of the universe. Dog definitely was the incorrect word to say over. I, I, I mean, dogs come in a variety of shapes and sizes. Um, why not? Really? Kai, Kai shrugs. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll have a better idea in a minute. I think we would have been better off going with a crab. Oh. I mean, it has pincers. 
the creature looks at Mozafar and, and buzzes rhythmically. <laughs> what does that mean? So, Brandon, what can I tell about this thing from a from a scan? It's a silicon-based life form. Um, biologically, not all that unlike a tholian, but but not so close that they're related. No signs of stress, though, being in this temperature, unlike what would happen with a tholian. Correct. It seems like it exists okay in this environment, at the very least. Based upon your tricorder scans, you think it may be fairly intelligent, and at least has the hallmarks of other sentient silicon-based life forms that Starfleet has encountered. Whatever passes for the replacement for a brain. Brandon, what color is it right now? It's still like that chill pink color. I'll say it has settled on kind of a yellow. Okay. Commander, maybe we best stop using the term uh, crystal dog for it. I'm showing some signs of intelligence. Excellent. What type of sensory have you been able to pick up? Sensory organs or structures? Can it hear? Can it speak? Can it see? How? How does it see? Do we know any of that at this point? Uh, do I know any of that at this point, Brandon? I imagine it hears based on some of its reactions to things, right? Uh, I guess give me an insight science. Probably difficulty... This is a fairly esoteric sort of thing. So I'm say, I'll say it's probably normally a three, but your tricorder bumps it down to a two. As far as I'm able to identify our guest here can uh, can hear and can detect movement through vibrations. I don't see any signs of sensory, uh, visual sensory organs, but based on the way it's reacting and following us, I would say it has some other manner of seeing. I'm not we might have a we might be able to find a means to communicate with it it's it's a silicon based life form we've had some encounters with similar uh beings before although usually it requires a little bit more work now you got two extra successes um would you like to use those for something or just bank them momentum rather I would, uh, I would love for us to have some momentum, but I'm also, like, I would also love to learn more in this case. It's uh, always the, the catch. I have a question. Is it possible to use one of those extra successes to notice something while you're using the, uh, doing the scan on the creature? I guess is what we'll name it for now, the creature. Or our that, guest. Uh, maybe, it, our, oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Our guest that's captive for its own safety. But um, maybe... The way it was explained is that when it saw Mozafar, it made a trilling noise. Perhaps the sound of the tricorder scanning it would have created the noise it would have heard that and possibly responded back in kind. That might be a creating an advantage. Uh, all the directions are, are tempting in uh, in different different ways here. Um, why don't we why don't we bank the momentum, Brad, and then let's see if we can use the tricorder to communicate. Let's more test and see. That that might be the better way to go about this, uh, in yeah. a mechanical sense as well as narratively. The question would be tricky to word, and we could create an advantage in that direction, but that would just make it easier to then attempt the thing. We're gonna 
attempt either way. Sounds good. So we'll bank them for the moment, Brandon. Okay, two momentum in the pool. Brad, do you want to bring that up in character? All right. Well, Kai, I think um, just from coming into the room, that sort of twilled at me. Did you hear that? Perhaps we can try playing back that same tone or try using the tricorder to create a series of tones to see if it'll repeat them. You're right. It didn't make... um, It did respond in a way when you came into the room. It's worth a try. Uh, So I'll try to set the tricorder and see if I can produce uh, kind of a a little greeting trill, sort of like what what our guest made when Mosafar entered the room. Okay. Um, It's pretty easy to make a tricorder just make an arbitrary noise, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looks at the tricorder and then looks back up at Kai and makes some more buzzing. It doesn't sound like it's precisely mimicking the tricorder, but it does seem to be responding at the very least. About that time, there's another whoosh and the door to the corridor opens and the captain arrives. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I hear someone's been eating my silverware. It was not me. Wait. (laughs) 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 Sorry. And then, like, hand to mouth did not mean for that to come out of my mouth. <laughs> well, Captain, why don't you come meet our um, our little stowaway here? Uh, we're still learning the... Uh, we're still learning how to uh, talk to one another. Well, I suppose I'd better introduce myself, then. Uh, she will go up to the uh, force cage and, and sort of give a little nod. I am Captain Varel of the USS Endeavor, and hopefully we can find a way to communicate with you. It buzzes some more. Uh, keep talking, Captain. Uh, or whenever our guest is buzzing, Kai is starting to, uh, you know, making sure our comm badges or UTs are picking up on it. And uh, I'm going to see if, like, in a console in this room, I can open up what it's grabbing from this creature and see if I'm noticing any patterns to maybe help the UT along. Okay. As you're scanning, you don't happen to be picking up any chronoton signatures, do you? Not off of our guest. I believe they're two different situations. Why, why do you ask? I just had to take um, Commander Enra to sickbay. She's not looking very well, and I was... Hoping to find a couple more pieces of this puzzle overall. Hmm. No, unfortunately, Captain, our little guest here is actually a stowaway from when we first launched. I will remind you, the first time those uh, security alerts appeared was while you were transwarp conduiting. That's actually what I was going to hopefully correlate. (laughs) Ah. We weren't the only ones who had a bit of a uh, non-registered passenger problem, as it turns out. Really? They had one of these uh, these aliens aboard the Ganymede? That I'm not so sure of, but another vessel did attach itself to the Ganymede, and we're trying to figure out what happened. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Varel looks at the crystal creature. We're going to have to go back in. Buzz, buzz. Go back in? <sighs> Back into the the transwarp conduit. I was already considering it for like a second test, but there might be answers there. Kai, can you try asking our guest a yes or no question? Or a few of them, perhaps? What has the UT got for me so far, Brandon? 
since no one's actually talked to the alien since you started scanning, UT doesn't have a whole lot yet. Well, Captain, why don't you ask it a few yes or no questions? All right. Um, did you like the taste of my grandfather's finest? Okay. Um, so, sorry, Captain. That's that's good. Ensign Everly, why don't you ask it a few yes or no questions? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Several people are making a roll. I, I think um, I think this is mainly a Kai role because what we're actually trying to do is make the UT, uh, the Universal Translator, translate. Mm-hmm. So Christine, I think you're looking at a probably an insight science, but I could be convinced of reason science. Uh, yeah, I'm more putting the the pieces of the puzzle together, right? Yeah, you're kind of looking for the patterns and. Anyone who wants to assist by communicating, roll one die presence command. Okay. Um, and if anybody wants to run by me a focus that they think might help them with their part. I have first contacts. Uh, yeah, sure. That focus will absolutely apply. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if this would work or not. I, I will continue to try to figure out ways to make use of this talent. Cultural flexibility when you attempt a task to learn about an unfamiliar culture or to act in an appropriate manner, uh, you reduce the difficulty by one. Absolutely. Tell me about a time that your cultural flexibility maybe gave you information that seems pertinent here. Does Kynonitholians or uh, Horta? Are those our only two silicon species? They're the only ones that are nice. Well, okay, Tholians aren't Well, nice. <laughs> I don't think you could, you could classify uh, Tholians. I'm sure there's others, but the big ones are the Horta, who are sentient, the Tholians, who at least have diplomatic relations with the Federation, because they're at least mentioned as having an ambassador on DS9. The, uh, what you call it, the Sheliak are the ones that are really not nice, so you probably haven't met a Sheliak. <laughs> Unless you have a situation, you might have met a Sheliak, but... Uh... Okay. Uh, I think I think probably back when I was served aboard the, the Lexington and we were doing our transwarp tests, we were you know, going from one side of the uh, Federation space to another. And as is typical, we crossed over some part of space that the Tholians declared was theirs, whether it originally was or not, and had to have a, a kind of tense conversation with them. It was something that Kai was very interested in through throughout it. She was able to participate a little bit in trying to con- convey the science and things of that nature and uh, did study the linguistics a bit at the time, being curious as to how a um, how a species communicates when they uh, they don't have lungs. <laughs> How's that from my feet? That, that okay? works for me. All right. Uh, so what's the difficulty of this check? I'm going to say it probably starts at a four because this is still not a simple thing and the Federation doesn't have a ton of contact with silicon-based life forms, much less this one at all. Your feet knocks it down by one, and then of course everybody who wants to assist can assist using presence command if they're just trying to like provide more data basically by interacting with your guest. Uh, if anybody really wants is like, oh, I I think I'm better at insight science. Uh, you're welcome to look over Kai's shoulder and help that way instead. Uh, I'll, I'll assist just by asking questions. Okay. I, could... I will also assist by asking questions. Okay, so so Everly is assisting by talking. Uh, Verity, are you also assisting? Yes. 
All right. And then Brandon, I would like to spend my point of determination because the only way to know yourself is to know others. Okay, yeah. No, I'll take it. Absolutely. Uh, so two successes already on the field, and I will give you another threat like I do for any science roll. Oh, why do I never have focuses that apply? <laughs> All right. So for Kai alone, I'm looking at five successes. Oh. What about the uh, the aid? That way we know what we're looking at momentum-wise. I have a success. Yeah. All right. So that was a success from Everly. Was that a success from Verity as well? Yes. Okay. Nice. I succeeded. So is that one one from everybody and five from Kai? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. So uh, so we're gonna be spending some on something else during this, Brandon, since we can only have six momentum at a time. Yeah. So you beat it by five. <laughs> so you have a very lively conversation with uh with your guest, <laughs> with Kai uh like manually giving the UT a bit of a nudge, uh here and there. Soon. The creature's buzzing starts to get replaced by words. First, simple words like hello and food and energy and space and yes and no and like things like that. But uh, soon it is it is at least outputting relatively comprehensible sentences. And the creature also seems to be perking up as, as your words start to make more sense to it as well. So you have five excess successes, which means you have potentially five momentum. You only have four that can be in the pool, so you you want to blow at least one of those on something useful now, but I think I've got two to go in and blow immediately, which is I just want to apply an advantage here of maybe something like friendly. Sure. Because we've been conversing, we've been feeding our guest here we're already kind of on good terms. It's not like angry at being put in the cage or something. It's more like, oh, cool. I, I understand. You know, I can hear you now. Sure. Absolutely. Yep. And bank the remaining three because uh, it's nice to have some momentum for a change. All right. So that gives you five momentum in the pool. I'm sure. I'm sure nobody will try to make you spend it. So, yes, after, after a little while of uh, just sort of idle small talk to try to give the UT enough information to go on, you're able to start having like conversations. The the creature looks around probably to Everly, because I think probably Everly is the one that it still feels most attached to, and says Greetings. You understand now? We do. You understand us? Yes. I'm sorry I called you a dog. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's okay. I introduce yourself. Oh, uh, my name, uh, I'm Ensign Everly, and you're on the Starship Endeavor. Do you, do you call yourself something? Krill. It's nice to meet you, Krill. Nice to meet you as well, Everly. Krill, how did you get on our ship? My scout vessel found your ship traveling at high rates of speed. We detected that you use energy we could use. I tried to attach, but then my ship was lost in the in the between space. I've been stuck on board. Oh, um, I I think at this point she's getting a little bit nervous of having like this 
important of a conversation, I think. So she's going to actually look to the captain uh, very quickly and then look back and say, Krill, this is this is my, my captain, Captain Varel. She's going to ask you a few questions and, like, look at look at the captain with, like, a, can you talk to this thing instead? What is captain? Um, she's my commander? Leader. Leader. She's Krill in charge. seems to understand. Ah. Is that okay? Yes. And then Everly backs off. You mentioned your, your ship was in need of energy. We have to find energy where we can. Well, that's understandable to a degree. Was there any attempts at communication that we were not able to interpret? Krill turns a sort of violet shade, and Everly's empathic abilities pick up what seems to be shame or embarrassment. Krill admits, we do not usually ask. I see. Well, no harm done this time, but uh, I'm afraid I have some bad news. We're new to traveling in this between space, and... One of our ships was attempting to follow us. Things did not go as well for them. Are you familiar with a type of phenomenon that can age your physical form? I don't understand. Um, oh, these are hard terms to try to try to translate here. It's, we're, we're we, we have this, this device that helps protect us in the between space it's a a, a subatomic particle that for, for us our 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 people we we change over time we wear down the longer even if time's in a concept for you the longer that we exist and this helps protect us from from something like that in the between space we call them chronotons okay but Explain it with baseball. <laughs> I am not Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen other other species? Um, their bodies degrade over time. Yes, I, I know this concept. Some of our species are suffering because they are degrading too quickly. I do not know all of the... Uh, mechanics of the between space. I am just a pilot, but my parent ship has many scientists aboard. Have they come looking for me? They may have been drawn to you as well when I didn't return. Is there a way that we can contact them? A message or a signal or some sort of um, frequency? They hide. How can we get you back to them? If they haven't come looking for me, I'm not sure. They might have. They just might have um, visited the wrong ship. Oh, well. Captain, if they're still looking for, for our guest here, then if we go back through the conduit, they may find us. How large was your parent vessel? Its little pincers sort of move back and forth like it's trying to, like gesture an approximate size but can't really decide how far apart it needs to hold its pincers to to imply about the size of an australian shepherd <laughs> <laughs> yeah in dogs it's like uh i don't know 200 great danes 
you had to fit a bunch of Australian shepherds inside, so. Approximately 86. Man, I can't think of a nonsense unit to save my life. Quasals. Quasals, yes. 86 quasals. Uh, Larger than my vessel. For the amount of debris that we detected of uh, what had been attached to the Ganymede, would that be roughly approximate? Yeah, my implication was it was going to use it was using units that are not Federation units that are it units. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't they don't make yeah. sense to us, so we we don't really know. Krill, it is possible that your ship already came mm-hmm. for you, but whatever affected whatever affected the ship that followed us may have also affected yours. There has been some remains found. Did your ship the other one, the one that? With the with the particle defense, does that require energy? A lot of energy. Yes. Oh. Yes, I was thinking along the same lines. It might it might be where people disrupted it, and there were consequences for both ships. Before we make assumptions, let's see what we can verify first. I'm assuming we have access to like the the radiation signatures or whatever we found from the destruction or the debris, then we're, I'm going to actually, like, uh, describe or share that information with Krill. Like, does this seem familiar to your technology? Uh, Krill clicks its claws together, turns sort of a, sort of an orange, and says, Yes, yes, that's, that is my parent ship. It, it might have just been damaged. We don't, we don't know... Captain. How would you go about contacting your parent ship? We use reflected. The UT seems to struggle with this word, but finally pops out tachyons. We have something similar. Do you think that you could share with us how you typically communicated with that and we can try to hail your parent ship? I can't attempt. At, at this point in time, we don't need to keep Krill in our containment facility Captain, do you agree? Krill, we don't make a habit of detaining people without cause. My concern is only that um, you seem to ingest a lot of what our ship is made up of. Turns purple and embarrassed again. If we're able to provide you with what's required, then there should be no issues with uh, wherever you are staying. Uh, Agreed. Very well. Then I'll leave that to you, Mosifar. Thank you, Captain. Uh, Krill, we have quarters on this floor that are nicer, and we can work with you in order to contact your parent ship. It will be able to take care of your dietary needs as well. So I'll see that some of our um, some of our spare metal we would use for hull repairs is is brought up too for a snack. I think Everly can take over those duties. Kai's responsibility should probably be maintained on some of the other scientific necessities that we have. Excellent. It's an Everly. If you'll accompany us, we'll take your new friend to some quarters and begin work on trying to contact the parent ship and try to get her friend back home. Absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, Krill, I'll teach you how to use a replicator. I do not know what that is, but I am excited. 
Nicole, is Verity or is Captain Varel heading back up towards the bridge or is she leaving the room? I think she'll she'll just wait a moment until like, you know, Mozafar, Krill, and Everly go off and she like the priority is still to find a way to help our people first. Captain? I realize that, but there's no reason why we can't do both at the same time. Now, thanks to Krill, we know what happened. Enra is in critical condition right now. If we delay too long, Krill's people may stop looking for them. And as long as they're in the corridor, that might mean the end of our mission if we don't establish peaceful first contact, if they're going to prey on our ships. We can help Krill... We can save the mission, and maybe they'll know something about about the way subspace affects different sentient beings that we don't. Assuming they don't blame us for the destruction of their ship, or the damage. You can't assume the worst here, Verity. We need to know how it happened before we contact Krill Species. It sounds like they, they fed on the power of the Chronoton Generator... That caused the the ship to become unstable in the corridor. It took damage. That's probably what damaged Krill's mothership. All right. Then if that's the evidence we have, then proceed. But keep our objectives in mind. If uh, you don't feel comfortable about sending Endeavor inside, I was working up a schematic to modify a shuttle to be able to pass through the corridor. It's riskier, though, but obviously it would only be risky to anybody aboard the shuttle, not the entire ship. Let me take a look at it. She'll go ahead and uh, calm her her lab. Uh, Ida, wherever you are with the diagnostics just uh, and the simulations, just uh, end them right now. Um, <sighs> can you pass your findings up to uh, the computer console on deck 10, uh, hazardous material containment? Sure. Sure. Thank you. I don't know why she's being so grumpy with me today. You act like she isn't like that all the time. So uh, Kai will bring up the uh, schematics and the the test she was doing for the shuttle. And she's... uh, You can tell, Verity, you've you've been around her long enough. She looks nervous as you're looking over them. She's sort of bouncing up and down on her feet a little bit. I want to assess this plan, Brandon. Do, do we do we think we have a good chance of modifying a shuttle to go through the transwarp conduit? It looks like it's risky, <laughs> but possible. He says with a pocket full of threat. <laughs> I know, right? No. Uh, it, in terms of a like a, a, a one to five difficulty scale, what am I looking at? <laughs> You suspect that to, uh, if the shuttle had much of a chance, it would require probably both a good pilot and somebody who could finally and quickly monitor the uh, state of its chroniton field, both of whom would have to be aboard the shuttle, you would, you would gauge. And yeah, it would probably be like a five. It's, it's perfect. I'll grab Lee. That way if we die, I'm the only thing we really <laughs> lost. It'll be fine. <laughs> One of us really should have invested more in piloting. Nicole, I am going... I would like to challenge your Kaya's my little sister value. Uh. So if you would like the complication, 
My reasoning is looking at this plan, knowing that it's an extremely risky plan, and knowing that realistically the only person on the ship who has the scientific know-how to do what would need to be done is Kai. I'll, ta- I'll take that complication. All right. Uh, so you get a point of determination for taking the complication, and the... I'm going to say the complication's like overprotective or something. Basically, this that is not a risk you want to allow Kai to take. Do, do we want to then... Uh... Do you want to sweeten the pot then on the other side? <laughs> Kai has a value. There is no room for half measures in science. That could also be potentially complicated, and we could butt heads on those. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, yes, because uh, Kai might. Kai's not afraid of taking risks. That might be the kind of thing where she might disobey an order or really, really push her position, depending. Let's call that uh, something like, uh, you know you're right. Captain can't see it, but you know. Now, when a when a value is complicated, it's still in the field, right? It's only when it's challenged, it's crossed out. I thought that would be what this was a challenge. Okay, so then it is challenged. I'm making sure that way I know I can't use it later. All right. <laughs> this is fine. All right. Uh, the captain's face goes from being like you know reading over this plan, this idea, to being just slowly, slowly uh more she starts like that 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 sarcastic smirking as she's looking at it now which not very common but oh you're right kai this is absolutely brilliant in another three four years i'd love to give it a shot not today then if we're not taking the shuttle we need to take endeavor in there then we'll take endeavor captain kai looks like she's like she's trying to hold back some words and is going to fail to do so in this moment. We can't back down from every challenge in front of us. We won't get anywhere. Thank you for listening to this episode of Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. If you like the show, rate, share, and subscribe through your podcast vendor of choice. You can also find us on Twitter as at Endeavor Show. That's E-N-D-E-A-V-O-U-R-S-H-O-W. And you can find me on Twitter at Blue of the Kin. You can find me online at Twelfth Night. That's one, two, T-H and night with a K. You can find Brandon and me discovering the ways of the Force on Heroes of the Hydean Way, a Star Wars actual play podcast at thehydeanway.com or at thehydeanway on Twitter. And if you like Vikings and Norse mythology, check out another one of my shows, a Dungeons and Dragons 5e Midgard podcast, Omens Call, which can be found at Omens Call Pod on Twitter or at omenscall.com. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can find me on all the socials at Leah617. Usually I'm on Twitter, RT and stuff that makes me laugh. Come say hi there. You can also check out mischiefmedia.com for the other nerdy podcasts that I currently produce or uh, host. And you can find me, Brad, on Twitter at MacinEbedy1. That's M-A-C-H-I-N-E-B-E-D-E, number one. My Twitter is at CompleteNictory. You can find other projects I'm involved in at CompleteNight.com. That's C-O-M-P-L-E-T-E-K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you out there.